Hello, I am Judesca Villan and this is another Rapper Podcast episode where we discuss facts, nuances, and controversies behind the big issues in the Philippines. This is Rapper's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. We're nearing the end of the year and as we say goodbye to 2019, I think it's also best to look back at what happened throughout the year. So this is going to be a special edition episode of the podcast on the presidency of Rodrigo Duterte in the past 12 months. Joining me today is rapper reporter Pierre Nada, who covers Malacanang and President Duterte since, I think, before the elections, no, Pia? Yeah, 2015. Thank you for joining me today, Pia. Uh, I'm very excited because there's a lot in the past 12 months and we're here to process everything and to at least see what we can expect in the next few years of the term. So my first question, Pia, what's one word that best describes the presidency of Duterte in 2019? I would say cramming. Crammings, and that comes three years halfway through his term. Bakit cramming? Cramming kasi this is already, like you said, halfway Mm-mm. in. And at the same time, the pressures of Duterte's promises in 2016 mm-hmm. are beginning to weigh on him. Yes. And a lot of people, I'm sure he reads the news reports and the columnists, he always mentions them in his speeches. And it's very obvious that uh, it greatly affects him to know that a lot of people still don't think he's lived up to his major promises, like the oh, drug war, yes. um, yung fight against corruption, and many other promises, the, the economy, the infrastructure promises. A lot of his speeches is spent defending his policies and also explaining that he wasn't able, for example, to fix traffic because mm. he was blaming Congress for not giving him emergency powers. And then, yung yeah, with the drug war, diba, he recently um, appointed Lenny Robredo, the drug czar, only to take it back a few weeks after because nga, he was feeling the pressure internationally mm. and locally that his drug war doesn't seem to be making a dent in the greater picture of things. Plus the fact that He's old and he's he's about to be replaced like the in 2022 yes. new elections. So as early as now people are talking of his replacement. So you know, pressure on him and his health is also bearing down on him. Mm. So um, I think if you put these factors all together, I would say he's rushing things and mm. making some desperate moves because he knows that time is ticking. And before we go into more details of what you just said, you mentioned na his cramming since 2016 nagre reflect itong parang haze niya sa pag-flip-flop niya into statements niya on issues. Do you still see that the past year? Nakita mo ba nag-flip-flop siya? I think yung flip-flopping, siguro he doesn't think, like for him, parang he's just being flexible. Okay. But of course, to his critics, it seems like he's reneging on certain promises. Mm. So I guess it's a matter of perspective and, you know, parang in, in his mind kasi, like he doesn't think he's he's really um, being contradictory. And aside from that, Duterte doesn't really mind being contradictory. It's not mm. really in his DNA to think of things that way. You have to remember Duterte is more concerned about optics than anything else. Mm, okay. So, for example, when we see him, like, the yung sa Jemver issue, yes, yung oh. the, the boat ramming by a Chinese vessel, he always says he will act if any the Filipino is harmed. But for his critics and, you know, any reasonable person, it, it's like he contradicted himself because it's like he was saying he stood up for he he didn't really fight for the mm. the fishermen. So yeah, that's one issue where we saw him contradict himself or appear to parang not live up to his populist image Uh-oh. or parang narrative. Wala pa nagsabi sa kanya na yung pagiging pagrohanda niya sa sarili, sa sarili niya. It looks bad. Wala bang nagsabi within his circle advisors niya or do you feel na meron pero hindi niya pinapakinggan? Feel ko wala. Oh, Kasi para sa kanila si Duterte yung fully in control of how he presents himself. Mm. Like they won't even try to control how he projects himself because for 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 them 
he's the master at that. Okay. Like, he's the unquestioned captain of his own ship. And they would only advise him insofar as the technical aspects of okay. the, his decisions. Like, if he wants this action done, for example, the closure of the gambling operations ng PCSO, oh. they just have to calibrate the response. Like, instead of this kind of action, maybe we can step back a bit. But the, the, end, the end is the same. The output is the same. It's really just the details, the nitty-gritty mm. that they get into. But in terms of what has to be done, the outcome, Duterte will... They will not contradict him. They, they would never dream of doing that. From your perspective, who's covered the president, uh, and also you have also insights on wh- how the past presidents did it, do you think that his master, niya, like how, the, how his advisors handle him, do you think that's bad, necessarily bad, or there's pros and cons to it? Bad meaning for the nation? Yeah, or? well, for the nation or for him or for his presidency, do you think na or it's just like eh, two sides to it talaga? I think it's been working for his presidency because mm. if you judge, for example, by the survey numbers, I know eh, he hasn't really flagged that much. Yeah. He's pretty oh. much kept his high approval ratings, mm-hmm. which means he's doing something right in terms of how he's projecting his actions, how he's coming across. So what he's been doing has been good for him, yeah. but has it been good for the country? That's the question. So yeah, things like the China policy, yes. uh, he's been ma- able to respond to those issues that in a way that saves his image, Mm-mm. but doesn't necessarily mean justice for the fishermen, yes. right? Or his decisions on the ninja cops, Parang he It sounds like when he when he accepted the resignation of Oscar Albayalde, with no accountability, oh, uh. parang he, he was able to save his image because yeah. oh, I'm, I'm still in a way punishing him. I'm doing something about the oh. issue. But where's the investigation? Where's mm. the commitment to actually really weed out the, the, the abusive cops and get to the bottom of... Um, their intervention in the drug trade. So, parang it, everything he does is calculated to save his image, uh, okay. but in terms of how to actually solve the problems, the root of the oh, problems, the systemic uh, causes of the problems, I think um, he that's where he fails. Parang ano lang yun eh, I think sa drug war din yun eh, he said before na, diba, na he wants to get rid of drugs. And he won for it, for his campaign promise na gano'n na read crime. What he did is kill people. And for the many, for of his supporters, baka for them, enough na yung patayin yung mga drug addicts, drug users, but at the same time, doesn't address the root problem. Yeah. Which is the proliferation of illegal drugs and poverty also. And PA, you mentioned kanina si Oscar Albialde. Sakto siya for my next question kasi... Uh, in 2019, there were a lot of his allies or officials under him na who faced controversies. And then si Nicanor filed on the Bucor controversy, Albayalde and Ninja Cups, uh, and then Salvador Panelo and the Antonio Sanchez issue. And then recently, there's Alan Peter Cayetano and the Sea Games budget issue. Pero parang most of the time, he defends or he clears the name of, Duterte clears the name of the peop- individuals involved. So in 2019 ba, nakita mo ba dito na dito mo makikita yung benefit of being close to him? Mm. Tapos, if pwede mo i-explain, what will this affect in the long run yung people na who wants to turn against him kung meron man gustong gawin yun. The thing with Duterte defending his allies, mm. we've seen it also in past years. Like okay. for example, in, in 2017 and 2018, the way he stood up for Bongo, Mm-mm. right, um, amid the frigates issue, which was a corruption issue, um, it was very stark and that already sent the message that if you are his his close ally, uh-huh. then you will reap the rewards of that relationship. 
So um, I think in 2019, it just came to a head because there were so many controversies Mm-mm. which involved his his appointees uh-huh. more than any other year, siguro. Um, and prominent ones at that. Because mm-hmm. we have to remember, File Don already figured in a, in a similar incident or controversy in the past years. Uh-huh. Yung, so yung 11 billion shabu shipment. So, but if you can notice this year, uh, we actually saw a little bit of flexibility on Duterte's part because mm-hmm. he defended filed on for a while but he eventually accepted his resignation or mm. I think even asked him to step down and then for the secondly uh, yung dun sa Albayade issue he accepted the resignation of Albayade mm. and third kay Alan Peter Cayetano even if he did you know he didn't really hit Cayetano for for the the faux pas he Mm-mm. still admitted that there were mistakes Uh-oh. and apologized for the government so I think what we saw here is even if we do know he'll go way beyond to defend his allies. He will also do what it takes to save his image. image. Because nakikita niya eh, na yung controversy ng Ninja Cops may resonate, resonate sa public. Tsaka lala ni SEA Games. Nahihiya talaga siya sa... His face was humiliated in front of like the his ASEAN neighbors because of what happened. So I think Duterte knows when to change tact. Uh-huh. And I think that's his genius. That mm. he, he knows when to step back and to change his messaging because he wants to preserve that popularity. Oh, his playing as all no, galing niya eh. Mm. Kasi we expected na on at least on social media we expected him to parang fully cover what's happening in the Sea Games. And then eventually sinabi niya na may mistakes and may mananagot. And Malakanyang said there will go there's going to be an investigation. Mm-hmm. But the caveat is he cleared Alan Peter Cayetano, yeah. which is the which li- who leads the uh, Sea Games organizing committee. Then you mentioned Kenina, you parang you counted flexibility as one of his genius. Let's go to my next question. What are the highest points of Duterte this year? Sugar, the, the most recent high point would be his approach to the Sea Games. Okay. Because people were able to see that he's a reasonable man, that you know, Merenchang ability to to admit mistakes Mm-mm. because I think what the opposition was counting on was that these failures would, you know, like ruin his yeah. his image, would would like just emphasize the incompetence of his of his administration. But by actually admitting to those mistakes, parang he became kind of like beyond reproach because Mm-mm. he's like, yes, I'm also disappointed and I also want these people held accountable. Mm-hmm. Even if Cayetano is not really being held Uh-oh. accountable, I mean, just the fact that he said those words, parang, ano na eh, like, major shock tactic, like, oh, okay, he said this, what do we do now? I mean, sh- the opposition are pr- pr- were pretty much, diba? how would you respond to that? So, so I think that really helped him, Mm-mm. especially recently, and uh, plus the fact that the inflation was able to lower, right? That's the major issue kasi the previous years. So the fact that he lets his economic managers handle issues that he doesn't understand, for the most part, I think that was that saved the day for him this year. Mm-hmm. So we saw him attaining his highest ever satisfaction approval rating this year, 2019. Mm-hmm. So and a large reason for that is because of the economy improving slightly, at least in terms of inflation. And parang kung saan kung kaya niyang admitting mistakes, being disappointed, and also letting those who know it better handle these things. If they, if he was, if only he's able to do that in other issues, baka mas better, no? Would you agree? Na ganun, no? Mm, Especially yeah. in Pero the... Pero issues that you, he won't back down mm, on, like, like the drug, drug war. Yes. And 
uh, his his image his his expression like yung kanyang right to free speech kuno <laughs> that he, okay. he he wants to be able to say misogynist things about women yeah. i mean those things he'll never move on yes. he'll never like change his tactic but things that uh he sees are riling people up mm-hmm. then he he can change that kasi misogynist kasi yun yung parang branding niya ever since eh. mm-hmm. like even in Davao City pa eh. and then my next question is what was the lowest points in the past 12 months and how do you think should he have handled this controversies or lowest points i think the ninja cop issue mm-hmm. was a low point and anything actually that shows him well i think it's a ninja cop issue mm-hmm. and the traffic issue okay because yung traffic issue that was a major promise eh. people were really waiting for iron-fisted disciplinary and duterte to fix the yeah. the nightmare that is yes. ed's uh, traffic jams mm-hmm. and of all people he would have been the best candidate because nga, he's supposed to be disciplinarian and imposing mm-hmm. order so that was a very big promise that he simply gave up on he was mm-hmm. just saying eh kasi congress didn't want to give me these powers etc so oh. never mind so where's the political will mm-hmm. that we voted you for right mm-hmm. you're supposed to find ways despite um congress or other groups being in your way supposedly you're supposed to find a way through that because um that's your promise so yung traffic situation nagiging ano siya because Duterte's pissed off personally Mm-mm. we have to live with this traffic okay. for a longer period of time it's like everything he takes personally Mm-mm. and uh, i think that was a very big disappointment for people who thought that he's pers- he was supposed to be the candidate who would precisely get over these personal yeah. issues to fix the problem and then for the ninja cops and also the the um, good conduct time allowance yes. issue that was a big deal because diba, his image has always been he's supposed to be the enemy of the mm. The abusers in the drug trade. He's supposed to be the one who will never allow heinous crime convict to escape. So I think a lot of people were able to tap into the inherent irony of that those issues becoming big under his administration mm-hmm. and his failure to solve them. So yeah, and basically they kind of poked holes into his image, and I think till now he's trying to like get that back. And uh-huh. you can see it in his responses, de mm-hmm. Very very disproportionate, very parang overblown yung kanyang responses and and he he really rushed to fix the messaging problem of those issues. And then sanat in traffic kasi I think if I remember correctly, and damaging medyo bubus from his camp, the statements regarding traffic. Yes, For example, sabe it's a sign of gun uh, progress and then sabe sa pwede daw 3 to 5 f- f- minutes EDSA to uh, Cubao to Makati. Parang ang dami ng statements but no actions. And they kept exactly. on blaming yung lack of emergency powers from specifically, I think, from Senator Grace Poe, di ba? Ayaw siyang bigyan. Parang sinasabi lagi ni Senator Grace Poe, tell us what you will do with your emergency powers. But I think, don't think na they've been responding to that call. Mm. Eh. And especially Panelo's public relations stunt, yes. riding a jeep and a trike. I mean, that just really rubbed people off the wrong way because Uh-oh. we're already suffering and you have to pull up this stunt and it's just like a slap on their face. But <laughs> everything Panelo does, no? Parang, parang in the, in the, like, in, at least in the past year, I can think of the controversies na Duterte face na papalala when Salvador Panelo talks. Well, he's the presidential spokesperson, but he could have thought better about his statements. Because parang medyo ngayon napaparab ng mas malala sa public, mm. and we know naman how Duterte values his optics. Sabi mo hanina. And then you mentioned all of these issues na like highs and lows. If you were to choose one issue that defined the 2019 for Duterte or his presidency, ano yun? I would say personally, yeah, like yeah. in my in my take of things, it's it would be the Jemver mm. fishing boat incident because. I think that kind of opened up 
um, a lot of like a Pandora's box of mm-hmm. the issues we have with the president. Mm-mm. It's not. It's it's the fact that there's an irony with his stances. Like he wants to court China because China is supposed to help the Philippines with the economy, give jobs. So parang the pitch is supposed to be my approach to China will help the poor Filipino. Mm-mm. But then when we have China, you know, parang appearing to abuse or step on the small Filipinos, the poor Filipinos, he seems to be not defending them as fiercely mm-hmm. as you'd think. Like he's just stepping aside and um, allowing China to control the narrative. So I think that kind of exposed the the contradictions of his presidency. And it's hard and even if Duterte can live with those contradictions, not a lot of people can. Like mm-hmm. it's hard for us to to think to to reconcile Duterte's approach to China and his commitment to to the average Filipino yes. to fight for the the underprivileged, the people who are being stepped upon by bigger powers, and China's the classic bully that everyone mm-hmm. yeah. right yes. uh, um, sees uh, taking our resources, building on our islands, mm-hmm. claiming our our islands. So, yun nga, parang you would think you're supposed to be the father of the nation fighting mm-hmm. for us. But this just exposed the fact that Duterte too can be pressured. Duterte too is can be a pawn, can mm. be used by bigger powers. And mm. the the worst thing is he might not even know he's being used, or even worse, bahanik papagamit siya. So, de ba? Parang is he sincere? Is he the authentic champion of the people, or is yeah. he just playing us all, um, and actually helping the bigger bully get the better of us? Considering uh, fisher folks are considered the poorest sector in the Philippines. Exactly. So parang it should be aligned with his campaign promise of helping the poor. Mm. But also it's not surprising because the victims of the drug war are the poorest Filipinos, diba? And mm. I think if tama yung, if I remember correctly, his uh, ratings when it comes uh, sa class sa, lo, sa D or E, di mo mababa siya. Ang tumataas palagi yung middle class and upper class. Mm. Consistently, consistently mataas yung upper class uh, ratings. Uh. But the E and D, it's it kind of changes. Changes. Like sometimes no? it's really high. Sometimes, um, it's much lower than the ABC. So you can see that there's a lot of fence sitters in that Mm-mm. that class more and than I, the ABC. And they are affected. The legacy issues na really cl- resonates with them. Lala na inflation. Yes. Yeah. And then Pia, what's one thing that you wish the president addressed this year? Merong bang elephant in the room na mer na finisha this year and if meron kang meshang ganon, what kind of uh, approach do you think na best naginagawin niya? I think one of the biggest elephants in the room would be his health. Mm. Yun talaga yung issue he's never been transparent on, and it's more and more. Lalo na this year has been more of an issue because ayon eh, like there are high-profile events that he's had to miss mm-hmm. because of his sickness, and even if the reports are worrying, worrisome, he he really doesn't address them in a clear manner. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always parang joking. Mm-hmm. So, you know that when, when he's joking about an, a serious issue, he's hiding something. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, why, why would you just yeah. like, explain it? And if there wasn't any mystery, then just say it para dispel your rumors. But the fact that he keeps playing around it, like, it just kind of makes the issue bigger than it might be. So... So that's a big question mark. But another thing, siguro, another low, um, the question was biggest uh, elephant in the room. Yeah. Yung ano niya, yung kanyang sincerity with the drug war, with mm. actually getting to the bottom of yes. the drug war. Because a lot of the big, big fish, kuno, yeah. diba, are not, like Peter Lim is, we don't know where he is. Uh, oh. So isn't he like the biggest Visayan drug lord, supposedly? Yes. So what are we doing about it? Also, this year we saw him crack down on progressive groups a yes. lot. like mga left-leaning media and the groups that he calls legal fronts of the Communist Party of the Philippines. like And then they're alleging, these groups were alleging that 
the police were just planting guns uh-huh. and then that's why they were arrested. So, things like that. Parang nag-escalate yung kanyang animosity with certain groups. The crackdown, no? The crackdown. So, parang you really wonder, uh, where is your commitment to the democratic institutions? Yes. Where, uh, where... Um, I thought you were going for committed to peace, oh, but isn't, isn't this a step oh, back? Ganun? Parang di ba he's, he recently said last week at na he will send an official to talk to John Mason again to at least rascard the peace talks. But if you if you're doing that and then you're doing this crackdown on the progressive groups, you accuse of being legal fronts. Bakit parang may parang disconnect, de ba? Mm, yeah. And di ba? I just wanted to put on the record. It's he's required to lumaglabas ng medical bulletins, right? It's in the constitution. Or required siya na sabihin sa public if, some, if an illness really can incapacitate him, di ba? The problematic thing is the constitution is pretty vague. Okay. It says that he's required to be transparent only if in case of serious illness. Okay. So serious, di ba? That's oh. where we have a hard time defining mm-hmm. that term. So, like, is cancer serious? Mm-hmm. Is a sickness that will render you incapable of holding meetings, like cabinet meetings, Uh-oh. serious. Or attending mean, events. Yeah, <laughs> or deciding in a reasonable, functional manner on issues that have import on, on the nation. I mean, how do you measure serious illness? Yes. So I think he's been able to to take advantage of the vagueness of that clause. Parang reminds me, or reminiscent of what happened during the martial law, right? Under mm, Ferdinand Marcos. Na we only, parang the public only knew how intense yung sakit niya when naransak na yung malahan niyang mm. and nakita yung hospital bed niya sa hospital bed niya sa room niya and yung dialysis machine, I think. But then also in the past, the past presidents, talaga naglalabas yung medical bulletin. Eh. Even the slightest, like, diba si, uh, I think Fidel Ramos released a medical mm. bulletin when he got uh, surgery for, uh, in, in during his administration. And do you think na in 2020 mas magi open siya or do you think it will continue na he will use the vagueness of the law to the constitution to hide whatever whatever's happening to him? I think he will as much as possible not reveal the true nature of his health because mm. I, I know he's pretty he's very aware that his power comes from the certainty that he will stay there until the end and can call the shots Mm-mm. until 2022 when he'll well, let's see if he'll hand over mm-hmm. the reins to an uh, a successor, diba Until that time, he, he, as I said, he's cramming. Mm-mm. He wants to have all of the power he can to do whatever he can during the last yeah. years of his administration. So he's never gonna say he's never gonna be honest if it's a serious illness. Like, I don't think so. It'll it'll really take a lot of journalists to <laughs> to really yeah, find out oh, what's going on. Because there's a lot of rumors, diba And daming mm-hmm. circulating, and then wala namang tayo makonfirm kasi of course kailang manggalis sa hanap ng confirmation. And then now we're done with the past year. Let's go into the next year, 2020. PF, from your understanding of the president, what can you expect from him in 2020 or basically the remaining two and a half years of his administration? We can expect Duterte to continue his tactic of stretching the presidential powers to get mm. what he wants. Mm. I think he's really determined to finish the communist insurgency and like show some results in the drug war. Oh. So I think he he wants to be able to say he did everything he Mm-mm. can so we've seen every year an escalation of his the way he uses his powers as president Mm-mm. right from jailing de lima to uh, attempting to jail trillianes to pulling out of the icc and now defying like a court order in singapore against manila water uh, for manila water so parang he's he's stretching and stretching his powers Mm-mm. so 
hindi siya takot to kind of shock people. Like, Mm-mm. in fact, he aims for that. He wants to shock people like, into complacency. Ngay. So, I think we'll, we'll be seeing even more shocking mm. statements from him and threats oh. and more brazen um, yes. actions from him because, you know, he's rushing. He's, yeah. he's on a ticking time bomb and he wants to prove to people that, you know, he, he did his, he fulfilled his promises. But, and I also think that uh, we can expect him to continue being powerful yeah. even if people diba, say last three years lame duck president because Uh-oh. You will have elections oh, oh. in and, the ne- in twenty twenty two. Duterte is exempt from that lame duck mm-hmm. formula. I think because he's so popular, the candidates for twenty twenty two will still seek his endorsement mm-hmm. and his blessing, or at least try to emulate something in his in his uh, leadership style because you know it's working. And you mentioned kanina yung shocking na pwede pa niyang gawin. Parang it's at the expense of our democratic institutions. Parang of course, after he steps down, yung effect na mga ginawa, ng, ng mga ginawa niya, yung pag, uh, pag-withdraw niya sa ICC, pagpatay niya ng mga Filipinos, and then yung, pag, yung paggamit niya ng mga law, laws against uh, critics, against anyone who goes against him, it will really, yung effect, it will go beyond his term. And sabi nga ng isang source ko na it will take a lot for the Philippines to at least go back to before Duterte. And hindi pa natin alam kung sino yung susunod sa kanya after mm-hmm. 2022 kung kapareho niya ng style, kapareho niya ng ideals, or completely bago. And siguro for my last question, Pia, I want to know what are the issues that you think will still haunt the president in the coming year? And how do you think will his uh, response be? I think that one major issue are the human rights abuses Mm-mm. and the attacks on democratic institutions. Mm-mm. So the reason why it will continue to hang over him is because he faces these international decisions. Yes. And even if maybe the local society, maybe he can say he's cowed them, but mm-hmm. internationally, like he, he can't really bully Uh-oh. the UN or, or other people who are making these opinions or making these these cases so i think he's definitely aware that his legacy could be affected by these international decisions mm-hmm. and these cases so that will hang over him and also i think people will judge him based on the economy like how mm-hmm. because pinoy his predecessor diba, he was hailed for helping the philippines at least get off from that sl- that slump we were in during the Arroyo administration so economically what will be duterte's legacy mm-hmm. he promised a lot he promised like legacy train lines he promised real change for the the masses Uh-oh. so did he actually deliver on that or was it all just words because there are Duterte sa ano eh, big big gestures eh, yes. but did he actually lead to any change Mm-mm. so he'll be haunted by that uh, and I think also his many questions on his wealth Mm-mm. his um, corruption issues his issues of him protecting powerful people like also China, how, how he's helped um, bring Chinese influence closer to the Philippines and how that's affected national security. I think those things will continue to to haunt his presidency and our society. Sobrang dami pa mangyayari, no? and we have only two and a half months, at uh, one of years. And then also, I remember last just last week, nagsabi ang ICC na they will decide if, the, if they have pros, uh, jurisdiction over the alleged crimes against humanity in the Philippines in 2020. And it comes to the heels of yung nag-start na ng probe on the Rohingya, uh, Rohingya massacres in Myanmar. So, let's see if ano naman gagawin ni Duterte on that. Mm-hmm. Especially, we have a pending, meron sa Supreme Court na pending decision on the drug war and also on the withdrawal of the Philippines from the ICC. So, let's see how that will play out siguro. Yeah. And 
sobrang ang daming mangyayari and it's two and a half uh, years pa and then we have the 2022 elections. So on that note, I think we really had a long year ano Pia. Sobrang dami nang yan. Long year long tayo. Long year and longer years to come. <laughs> it's it, parang Parang ang bilis ng, ang bilis ng three years, pero ang dami na nangyari na hindi mo alam kung, I can even remember what happened 2016 anymore, yung mga nitty-gritty details. And I'm sure ikaw, as the one who covers the president, ang daming going on in your head right now. And two and a half years pa Pia, hang on, kaya pa yan. <laughs> so, exciting to see ano mangyayari, especially palapit ng elections. So crucial, whatever will happen. So we have to be, remain vigilant, not just reporters, not just the media, but also the public, because everything that the president will do in the next years, the remaining years of his term, will affect us in one way or another. Uh, of course, we'll continue to be vigilant of reporting what's happening. Thank you, Pia, for joining me today. Uh, it was great to discuss and process everything that's happened in the past year. And I think this is very helpful for us to get a big picture of the Duterte presidency. And we'll do it again next year and, of course, at the end of his term in 2022, if there is an end to his term. <laughs> so uh, if you would like to, to be updated on this issue and other issues that hound the Duterte administration, please follow Rappler on our social media accounts. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast na ito on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're also on SoundCloud. Again, I am Jodeska Villan, and this is Rappler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories.